Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Thursday afternoon. Thanks so much for hanging out with me this afternoon. In a few short months, Rachel Notley's NDP government will have been in power in Alberta for three years. And what a three years it has been. Alberta experienced a tough economic period, thousands of job losses. As her party moves into its final year before the next election, there are some positive economic indicators. But will they be enough to get our province back on track? Premier Notley joining us in studio today. We also have this on Facebook Live. Good afternoon, Ms. Notley. Good. It's great to be here. Good afternoon to you. You know, the big story today, of course, is Amazon. And we've heard on the news that obviously disappointed that neither Edmonton or Calgary made that short list. I want to move away from that part and speak more specifically to what the province is doing to create uh, a tech environment. Mm -hmm. One of the criticism Amazon had was we just don't have the talent pool when it comes to those computer engineers. So what is the province doing to diversified truly Mm -hmm. well you know that's that was a a really critical uh uh, issue that we identified soon after or right after we got elected i mean people have been talking about diversification in alberta for years and years but but the work hadn't really gone into it and then of course with the uh, collapse in the price of oil suddenly it became a matter of urgent importance and so we've been working on it as as hard as we can since then but you can't turn that corner overnight um, and so uh, there's been a number of things that we've done. We've had a number of different creative uh, tax incentives that we've put in place. We've uh, uh, a number of different ways in which to provide uh, access to capital for new and innovative businesses. Uh, there's a great deal of innovation that is a key part of our climate leadership plan. People sometimes forget that, that, that innovation and technological innovation is a key part of that. And then, of course, uh, by continuing to invest uh, uh, in the stability of our public services, and in this particular case, in our education system, both K-12 to as well as in our post-secondary. Ensuring that our post-secondary is not sort of lurching back and forth, trying to, to, to maintain basic services as their funding comes and goes and comes and goes and is under constant threat. And so one of the key things that, that we said uh, going into the last election was, listen, we're going to provide the stability that our post-secondary sector needs in order to, for them to do the kind of planning that would create the education streams to educate the very types of folks that that you talked about in your first question. So the work is is underway, but you can't suddenly create those graduates in in two and a half years. So, but we know that that's exactly the kind of thing that we need to do more of. I know I only have you for a short time, and I usually mm-hmm. run out of time before I run out of questions. <laughs> so let's get into it here, because really, probably the biggest topic on everyone's mind has been our weak economy and how your government has responded. A lot of people asked this yesterday, mm-hmm. sent me a lot of questions. Uh, the timing of introducing a carbon tax or a levy, I know you like to call it a levy last year, and then you add that to hiking the minimum wage. By the end of this year, mm-hmm. we're going to be at $15 an hour, which is a 50% increase in just three years. So let's start with minimum wage. Wasn't this the worst time to add the increases considering how many businesses are just struggling to stay open? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, I, I would say it's the opposite. I would say that economic growth and economic stimulation comes from ensuring that everybody within the economy and everybody within the community is able to, to make their way. 
Um, and so economic growth that relies on taxpayer subsidy of, of, of employees who otherwise uh, are falling uh, through the cracks uh, is not a sustainable form of economic growth. Uh, and so uh, we've done a number of things to promote economic growth. When we got elected, we found, you know, the cupboards were bare. Uh, this diversification work hadn't been done. And there was very little done to deal with the, the inevitable drop in the price of oil that we've all known as, you know, shared riders on this roller coaster that we all are, that is part of this province. We all knew it was coming and it wasn't prepared for us. So we made a decision as a government to do a number of things to actually stimulate the economy. First of all, we didn't engage in the kinds of cuts that people were asking for. We actually had the backs of Albertans and supported family members and communities throughout this. We also invested significantly in infrastructure, things like the Green Line, the Cancer Centre, um, those kinds of things that caused, uh, created jobs right off the top. We also, as Not I the said, green line so much, but right, yes, right, but but uh, uh, it will Eventually, inevitably, yeah. and it will increase investor confidence and investor interest in in a place like Calgary. Um, but but we also, you know, we we dropped the, the small business tax by a third. Uh, we uh, put in place two separate uh, tax credits that are designed to incentivize um, innovation, entrepreneurship, and new businesses. Uh, and as as I said, we we've, we've taken uh, and made billions of dollars available in terms of access to cash and preferred loan uh, um, uh, terms in order to support uh, businesses. As well, uh, there's billions of dollars that will be invested into technological innovation through the uh, Climate Leadership Plan. So that kind of work is happening. What we but won't on the minimum do, wage. But what we won't do is cr- promote the kind of diversification that uh, that involves a business model where somebody uh, thinks that delivering an $85 steak to a table uh, by someone who then themselves has to stop at the food bank on the way home, that that is a sustainable or desirable business model. And the reality is, and this is what I will say overall, you have to look at all all the information together as opposed to the individual anecdotes. And the reality is, is with that model driving our plans, in the last year, we've seen the economy create 70,000 jobs. We've seen the unemployment rate in Calgary go from 10.2 to 7.5. We've seen Alberta become the leading economy in the country this last year and the year going forward. We've seen manufacturing go up, exports go up, investment go up. So there are a number of ways in which we're seeing that our plan is working. And our key thing is that as that plan works and as we move forward, we're going to make sure, sure that all Albertans get to move forward with it, not just a few. I guess when we talk about minimum wage, even Bank of Canada talking about Ontario increasing their minimum wage, saying that across the country with these minimum wage hikes, we're looking at uh, a loss of 60,000 jobs by 2019. Bank of Canada says for those people in Canada making minimum wage, it accounts for about 8%. My question would be, considering... There's a lot of teenagers making minimum wage. I've had lots of my listeners suggest, why don't we have a graduated system? Why are we paying more $15 an hour for a 15-year-old who lives in his house? Why don't we target those people who you say maybe uh, go home, stop on the food on their way home to the at the food bank? Why don't we make sure that either we're providing a, a living wage or we're looking at the programs that they are getting as opposed to putting it on the backs of businesses 
to incur that increased cost? Well, first of all, I would say that a living wage, of course, is actually higher than the minimum wage that we're in place. So if we start talking minimum wage or living wage, you know, just today, Canmore came out and said that uh, their their latest numbers are that a living wage is $24 But it would be so. targeting people in a specific area as opposed to a 16-year-old or 17-year-old well, who but doesn't the, need the increase. I think the key thing to understand is that uh, what we know from the research that we did before we even moved into this plan is that the vast majority of people uh, who get paid the, the minimum wage are, in fact, uh, adults. They're not students. That's a bit of an urban myth. Uh, and many, many of them, in fact, the majority of them are women. And a significant number of them are women supporting families. So, yes, you can always talk about my neighbor down the street has their, their kid and that, that child is now earning a higher wage. Uh, but then be clear, often those kids are saving for university and all those kinds of things. And that actually helps that middle class family because there are other costs that are in there anyway. But uh, really what we know is the profile of the minimum wage earner is not the entitled uh, uh high school student that that some people like to paint but are we it's putting actually this on businesses are we putting well, this on businesses we, to we solve are this and problem? here is the thing uh should taxpayers subsidize businesses that can only function if they don't pay a fair wage is that the thing we need is that a priority for albertans that our taxes should be going to that or should our taxes be going to an education system proper class sizes, a healthcare system that's there for them when they need it, long-term care for their parents when they need it, for those kinds of things. Let's, that's uh, ultimately okay. the question we have to decide. Let's stay with labor because you've had some labor law changes. And again, uh, texters have been asking me about the statutory holiday pay mm-hmm. for, for businesses that are closed on stat holidays and they're looking at all their costs as well. And now even when they're closed, they're going to have to be paying the stat holiday pay. Well, I think there's uh, actually, I think there's a bit of misinterpretation around how that ultimately goes. But really what we did when we brought in that legislation is we looked at what's been happening in the rest of the country. And you may or may not be aware. And again, I often talk about how uh, as we uh, move forward with the economic growth now, this time we're going to bring everybody along with us, as opposed to last time where we had this growing gap of inequality in in Alberta, which was actually starting to uh, create some real uh, lack of health in our communities, for lack of a better term. And uh, and so Alberta uh, was way behind the rest of the country in all of these standard employment uh, uh, provisions. And so what we did through our legislation was we moved ourselves to essentially the middle of the pack for the country. And one piece of that is this statutory uh, holiday pay, uh, which exists in every other province in the country. If businesses in other provinces of the country can do it, I think businesses in, in Alberta can too. Okay, let's move on to carbon levy because uh, a lot of people are questioning uh, carbon levy ever since it was uh, brought in back in January of last year. Mm-hmm. And and we know that ultimately this levy is supposed to change our behavior. So uh, in the bigger scheme of things. So, yeah, it makes sense with gasoline and driving, although a lot of people are going to say, and I need my vehicle for my job, so I can't change my behavior. But when it comes to heating, Albertans don't really have a choice. They have to burn gas. They're burning cleaner gas, natural gas, which has far fewer emissions than coal or oil. Would your government consider eliminating the levy from heating our homes and businesses? 
Uh, no, we, we wouldn't. What we would do, though, uh, is what we have done, which is threefold. First of all, we've uh, put in place a, um, a rebate for 60% of households across Alberta so that uh, those lower-income and middle-income families that would be challenged by that element of it in particular um, are, are get the rebate. And in fact, those people who live in higher-efficiency homes or in smaller homes actually may come out a little bit ahead. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, of course, is that we're doing a number of things to increase the efficiency of homes um, and to incent the efficiency of homes uh, uh, in a variety of different ways. And so we were, before our government was elected, the only province in the country of Canada that did not have an energy efficiency program, the only one. And so we had no uh, guidance or support for uh, Alberta families to help bring down their emissions, unlike every other province in the country. It was long overdue. And so that's what this is doing now. So uh, in the long term, uh, that's the outcome that we're looking for, so that we actually emit less as we heat our homes, simply by doing those kinds of things uh, that can ensure that that uh, our costs come down. Ms. Notley, and, I'm watching the clock very okay, closely because I know bet. you have to leave here. Because the carbon levy also was ultimately supposed to give a social license. We were supposed mm-hmm. to see these pipelines. Um, we're seeing with Kinder Morgan yesterday, they are saying that they're going to delay it now uh, because of another year, because of permitting issues. Energy East, we know that one's dead. Keystone XL, it was um, really President Trump who um, ultimately got that one going, but it's got its own roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Um, today, Enbridge, critical of um, Alberta your government's 20-year commitment through the Alberta Petroleum Marketing Commission to ship 50,000 barrels a day through mm-hmm. Keystone. Yep. Enbridge is calling that a subsidy. So things aren't looking as rosy as we would like on the pipeline file, but we still have this carbon levy. Why? So uh, a whole bunch of questions embedded in that. But uh, uh, let me begin with, uh, with respect to Kinder Morgan. Uh, the first thing we needed to do with Kinder Morgan was to get the federal government to approve it. The federal government ultimately has the overall authority on having Kinder Morgan go through, uh, not only in terms of the initial decision by cabinet, but ultimately in terms of how the NEB, uh, what rules govern the way the NEB moves the matter forward. The, the federal government approved Kinder Morgan and is going to push Kinder Morgan and has been pushing the Kinder Morgan project and they were very clear it was because of the leadership that Alberta has taken with respect to the climate leadership plan. So make no mistake, the two are linked. Uh, now going on to the issue of the other of the other pipelines, um, uh, our government understands very much that we need to get pipelines in order to ensure the best return for uh, on on our product, ultimately to the benefit of all Albertans, and and so that's why we're doing everything we can to support Kinder Morgan, to support Keystone, to support Line Three. Each project is different in terms of how it's put together and how they seek support. But in all three cases, we've given support. Uh, We have worked very closely with Enbridge around the Line 3, and we continue to work closely with them. Same thing with TCPL, same thing with Kinder Morgan. And the way we give them support is different for each one because, again, what they need is different for each one. So we'll continue doing that. And I continue to believe that that is linked to being able to say to the rest of the world, that the product that they're getting ultimately from our 
Alberta is coming from one of the most progressive, um, technologically innovative and responsible and sustainable energy industries in the world. And in the long term, that's where we're going to get. doesn't happen overnight, but that's where we're going to be. I'm very proud of the work the energy industry has done and their support for the Climate Leadership Plan and their support for the progress that we're making is how we're able to work together to continue to get to where we find success yelling at everybody and pretending there's no problem. That's something that the other guys did for the previous 10 years. And you know what? It also got us nowhere. And we are much closer today than we were two years ago. And I'm proud of that. Well, there we are. We did it at 320. I know you have to get to say <laughs> because you've packed in a lot, but we would love to have you back. Thank you. Premier Notley joining us today. It is 320. Let's take a break. 403-974-8255. Talking with you after this.